Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Welcome to episode 37 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's mom. Today I have another conversation with Gwen about a topic related to grief and grieving. I asked her today to talk about what it means to lament and how lament can be a really helpful part of the healing process. I know before I went to Starlight Ministries, and even during the early days going to Starlight Ministries, I could find myself just on the floor weeping uncontrollably, just sobbing for Andy and for Andy to be back with me. And it was kind of scary. It was actually really scary to be that vulnerable and to open up that much. I know others who found me on the floor were probably pretty alarmed too and scared to see someone just that broken because that's how I felt really broken at that time. It was many, many weeks later when Starlight had a six-week session on lament that I realized that that's what I was doing. I was just lamenting the loss of my son. To lament really means to passionately grieve a loss or sorrow. And that's the part that I think feels scary when you release all of that passion. I have learned now, though, that there is a purpose for lament and that when you lament, it can cause a tremendous release and really help you be able to move forward when you're feeling really, really stuck. So instead of being scared of those times of lament, I could understand that there was a purpose to it and that it can be helpful in the overall healing process. That's why I really wanted Gwen to talk about lament today, talk about the stages of lament and the purpose of lament and to help people realize that it's not something to be scared of but something that can really help you to feel better. I hope you enjoy the episode and learn as much as I did the first time I heard it. Also, I do want to invite people again, if they would like to be a guest on the show or know someone that they think would be a good guest for the show, please write me at marcyandandysmom.com. I'm starting to put together my summer schedule and I would love to have some new ideas or even ideas that you might want Gwen to talk about in a further episode. So thanks a lot. Feel free to reach out. I love, love, love to hear from people. Uh, So I hope to hear from many of you. Thank you so much, Gwen, for coming back and being on the show again. I always enjoy our conversations and get so much out of them. 
Me too. Thank you. So today I am looking forward to talking to you about the subject of lament. I remember going to Starlight now last year and you doing this series on lament. And I did not really understand lament, really what it was. I remember being so relieved just hearing that word because it was what I had always called the bad cry. It was the cry when I found myself in Andy's room on the floor sobbing uncontrollably and that's what I told people. It's like, it's the bad cry. I'm sorry, I'm having the bad cry. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. using the word lament just felt a lot better. And it was, I was able to define it. So it wasn't like a, a time when I was losing my mind and going crazy. It was just a time when I really let go and showed lament. So I just mm-hmm. want you to kind of go into that a little bit to educate people on lament and hopefully have them understand what that is and that there's a purpose for lament and how um, comforting it really can be. Right. Um, As I told you before we started recording that, um, my devotions today were on lament and it shared a story about a orca whale named Tallulah last year, I guess, who gave birth to a calf. And the calf only lived less than an hour. And they said that in a show of grief, this whale pushed her dead calf in the waters of the ocean for 17 days. Just that, you know, they were describing that, um, the sounds that she made as she, you know, wailed out. And then I started thinking, is that where we got the word wailed from? Like I'm wailing. I mean, I know they're spelt different. W-H-A-L-E yeah. Yeah. versus W-A-I-L, wailing versus whale. But 17 days, just push that around. So, so many um, creatures in nature know how to take that time to lament. Um, and we as humans don't do that. No. Some cultures yeah. I think are better at it than others. Oh, definitely. We'll talk about, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Because what lamenting is, is it's a passionate expression of sorrow. Mm -hmm. So that passionate part is the part that our culture has derailed or controlled. Right. It's just deemed inappropriate, really. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah. And that that it's a deficiency to have the bad cry. Mm -hmm. Something's wrong with you versus... It's a natural, guttural response to pain. Yes. And cultures allow for that. They wail out in the streets. They wear mourning clothes. They have symbols that we do not have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I so often wish I could have a symbol that I could wear. Oh, Mm -hmm. I do too. And I probably said this on here before. I mean, wouldn't it be great if you were at your local grocery store and you had your symbol on and as you're crying at the bananas, you see someone else with the same symbol and you know, in a moment that they get you. Yes. (laughs) You know, I mean, our podcast last week was on the importance of friendship through this journey of grief. And Mm -hmm. that really shows that, right? When you have that little bit of camaraderie, it seems like um, after you lose a child, all of a sudden people sort of come out of the woodwork who have gone through this that you had no idea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So 
you shared last week in your bonding, how you met this woman and how you're connected and, and you've had a lot of friendships from that shared experience, but this public way, if you, we did have symbols would even connect you to strangers without ever being in a group and sharing with them just because of the symbol. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would be really unique. Um, I, I feel sad. I mean, I do mourn how our culture does not allow for mourning. Mm -hmm. I mean, how, because I spend my career listening to people apologize for their pain. And that's so sad. Oh, yes. I mean, yeah. I've done it many, many times. Mm -hmm. Apologize. Yeah. And other people apologize too if they say something that causes me to cry and to show the fact that I am mourning, they are so mm -hmm. quick to apologize. They're, yeah. I've never, ever once had anyone not apologize for that. Right. And what I tell people who are trying to help someone who's hurting is don't avoid that because you know the tears might come because it's not like they're not close. <laughs> it's not like what I'm trying to say is when those people bring up things, Marcy, it's not like they had to dig too deep. No, no. Right. It was right there on the, on the top. So don't worry. You're not digging deep. It's there. Mm -hmm. And I've told people it's yeah. not like I wasn't sad already. I just, right. it just yeah. wasn't on the surface that you could see it, but I right. was sad. It's not even that you're making me more sad. It's just yeah. sometimes it's almost a relief that they've brought something mm -hmm. up and I can feel like I can let go and um, not have to hide it because they mm -hmm. brought it up and made it more uh, open. And uh, right. so it's, it's actually can be a good thing. And even though I'm now crying and three minutes ago I wasn't crying, I might be feeling better, not worse. Yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's a few things about lament when you mentioned, you know, learning a lot about it is that it really, um, there's a structure to lamenting mm -hmm. that, and it, there is an art in it and it is something that we can purposefully do and it is holy and it is biblical. And so I'm um, giving people permission to kind of walk through some of those steps. I thought we could do that today. Yes, that'd be great. The first part is that, um, you know, and, and I don't want to take up, you know, go too deep. Um, we do a whole six week series on this, but kind of the flyover is the fact that um, in the book Lamentations, lamenting is a process from A to Z. And so it, it is meant, there are steps to it. So the first one is um, our address to God so that we can be in that posture um, to address God. Do you remember when we talked about that? Did any of those parts stick out to you about addressing God? I'm not recalling right now, no. Okay. It's found in scripture there that we directly can address God in a personal way. That it sounds like, you know, Father God, my rock, please hear what I have to say. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about that passionate expression of sorrow, we can address God with it. I mean, we can bring it there and we don't have to hide it or have shame in that. Then the next step is to cry out to God. Um, 
And it's interesting because it, um, one of the things we talked about is that you don't have to hold back your complaints. Mm-hmm. Now, did you think to yourself as a bereaved mom sometimes feeling like I'm going to come across as a complainer if I talk about how I'm feeling? Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I actually um, counseled with someone or was helping someone earlier this morning, and she said, um, I'm sorry I'm complaining so much. That was the word she used. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, this is not a complaint. It's what's in our hearts and minds. It's that deep stuff. It's not a complaint. It's like, this is in there. I don't like this. Um, whatever that um, is so that we can cry that out and we can do it in complete honesty. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we can give a a vivid description of them. And I think that's the part of crying out to God that you called the ugly cry or the bad cry, probably really descriptive feeling. And I don't know if you um, were being verbal in that, but the, we're lamenting is actually getting it out so you can verbalize those deep feelings, that bad <laughs> cry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, it just was a wailing and a sobbing and a crying out. I mean, that's really what mm-hmm. I felt like I would do. And it's just really when you're at kind of that low point that you just feel like, yeah. I just need to let this all out because it's mm-hmm. just weighing on me so heavily that if you can yeah. just get some things out, it can maybe be not quite as heavy, but it's scary for people. I mean, I it is. I remember two specific instances where I did that in Andy's room and one was my foster son found me and he had no idea what to do. I mean, just like kind of patted my shoulder and looked very uncomfortable and did not know what to do. And the other one was my dear, dear friend, Kara. And she she definitely handled it better because she just has a little more emotional. Uh, right. I'm I just emotional resources, I would say, than my foster mm-hmm. son. Um but two, she just didn't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things that that crying out to God sounds like is I'm hurting more than my words can express. Mm-hmm. You know, there those are called wordless prayers that literally crying out and that guttural. Um, and if we think back to what the word bereaved means. It literally means to be torn apart. So when you say guttural, your guts are open. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're torn apart. So it's that kind of pain that when you cry out, it's like saying, this is too much for me to bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not certainly a uniquely Christian thing. I know as we talk about this being very right. spiritual and crying out to God, I you see this in Jewish culture, for sure, in Muslim culture. Actually, I feel like it's probably done a little bit better and more open in that society even than in some others. So Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why they really don't have therapists. I mean, because they're much better at um, allowing for their feelings and expressing it. So it And crying it, out to God. Yeah. Yes. It's a natural response. Mm-hmm. It is us 
especially in our culture that have made it bad. Yes. I feel shame with it. So I think when, when it happens and we can give ourselves permission to do it, it does feel better. I, I think without a doubt, uh, I would feel better. Yeah, I, I had an experience with, um, in the last couple of weeks with one of my adult children that was just, you know, they were in pain and I was in pain and I, I didn't want to ask God selfishly to take that away because I thought they're still living. That's always my first thought being a grief counselor. I filter everything through death. So I thought, you know, they're alive. So the worst hasn't happened here. Um, but I also realized that I was sad about it and I just needed to shut the door and cry about it. Like this is a sad thing and I need to be sad for a minute and just did that wailing out and just said, Lord, I don't understand why we have to have pain and, you know, yeah. just that time. Um, so there are many things in life that cause us to lament. I mean, we are focusing obviously on, um, you know, the loss of our precious children, but um, yeah, it's, it's a natural response sometimes just. Yes. To any sort of loss really. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The next part of lamenting is almost that petition for help. Yes. <laughs> you, you really are like, um, you know, it can help me feel happy again, yes. or I don't want to be sad anymore where we just long for something else. So we're actually really begging and petitioning for life to be different. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you still find yourself doing that at times, Marcy? I'm wondering. At times, yes, because there are still mm -hmm. times when I can get really low and mm -hmm. just, yeah, longing for things to be better. Mm -hmm. Right. And you probably don't stay there as long nope. as you did at the beginning. But I think we all have to be aware that there's always going to be a moment that comes that you just want to go back and you just want it to be the way that it was before or you want to feel different because you realize you're always going to carry that. Yeah. 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 Even last night in the middle of the night, I woke up and as I was going back to sleep, I thought, Oh, I just wish I could just have a dream about Andy. I just mm -hmm. wish I could right? to just have him back for just a little bit because that loss is still just so big. And just think, Oh, for a few minutes when I'm sleeping, can I have it? Right? Yeah. So yeah. That's a little bit of and that longing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, those are some of the words that we used when we talked about petitioning for help. Heal us, free us, comfort us, protect us. So what you're saying is just give me a taste. I mean, right. just, I mean yeah. Um, that's where we petitioned for help. And, and I do think that grief is one of these things I've told people a lot of problems in life you can manage without ever getting, and I'm going to use the word help, but um, I'm going to say support instead of help. The, you might, your neighbors might never know, the people around you might never know that you've struggled with something. But grief and the death of someone you love is so big that you really can't hide that. No. <laughs> You know, it, it can't be kept quiet. Because it just sneaks out all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that petitioning for help is, is really good. 
Um, the next part where we talked about the lament detailed, um, detailing it as far as anger and a questioning and those kinds of things. Um, you know, why did this have to happen? What am I going to do now? Their cries of protest. Yes. We can be assured and doubting at the same time. Mm -hmm. Those are not mutually exclusive. Right. <laughs> um, that you can have that assurance that we're not alone and other people have survived this, but yet doubting so much that we're going to be able to survive it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I remember saying that in the podcast last week that I really? would see all of the other parents in the support group and they would have been so much further along in their journey. And I would say to myself, okay, yep, you've been able to do five years, but I can't. There's no way yeah. I will be able to do five years. I know you can. Yeah. But it's it's mm -hmm. funny that as time goes on, you start to realize, okay, wait, I guess now I am to the point where this other person was last year or right. you see yourself going down the road and, and you do do more than you think mm -hmm. you will be able to do. Yeah. And I think one of the things we have to realize about questioning is that it's not a request, but it is more of a cry out of protest and pain. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that we question it and question because we're just in protest of what happened to us. We didn't want to be part of this club. Right. Yeah. I've talked to many moms who hear this is all part of God's plan. This is part of a bigger plan. We just mm -hmm. don't know the reasons why, but there are reasons why. And then when you have that questioning and that anger, then they can feel guilty now on top of it and you don't want to need to you don't need to feel anger and now guilt right so it is so important for people to realize that it is okay to be angry and to say you know i hate the plan the plan sucks uh yes. if there's a plan whatever i hate it that is mm -hmm. okay and not insulting and being horrible and to people who support bereaved parents, first of all, it would be best for you to just not say this is all part of the plan. This is a greater plan right. because it is not at all helpful to anyone when you say that. But if you do and they get angry with you, please don't think they're somehow a bad person or somehow their faith is gone now forever mm -hmm. because that's not the case because you can still mm -hmm. have faith in God. I, I still have faith in God and faith that I will see Andy again in heaven and still be mm -hmm. just darn mad that this happened mm -hmm. and right. unhappy that's that this is, was, you know, set out in motion. I mean, right. It doesn't make me a bad well person. No, it's a part of relationships. So whatever faith you have, you have a relationship with that faith. You have things that you practice and do. Um, but it's the same thing like in the covenant of marriage, that you are committed to that marriage. You love that person. But boy, parts of that relationship are, I don't always like you. Right. And you are really bothering me today. Um, there's times that I feel that way towards 
my husband, but there's days that I feel the way towards my heavenly father. Like I really don't like you today. Yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah. I, I'm not walking in sync with you here. Right. That was helpful to yeah. me to actually talk with my pastor about that because that's the last thing you need is to now feel guilty about how angry you are, you are with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I had a lot yep. of anger to God. Well, and now, you know, we're talking about lament and we are referring to the book Lamentations in a biblical perspective is that we were taught, like, it's allowed. Yeah. Um, you know, although this, how it, many sermons have you heard on Lamentations? I mean, that's not very many. <laughs> it is not something that's went, focused on very much. And you want to know me as a grief person, I Google sermons on Lamentations and I still can't find very many. And I listen to recordings of sermons on Lamentations. That's why today I was so excited when my devotions were on Lamentations. Before I even remembered that we were going to talk about this, I'd already screenshotted it because I want to soak it up. I want to be able to tell people that when we cry out to God, it's not because we've lost hope, but it's because we believe God is listening. Yes. That is, I love that. I love that. Right. Yeah. There is no reason to cry out to a God you don't believe in. Right. Yeah. So that's, um, and, and I've heard pastors say that, you know, if you're mad at God, at least you believe that he's there, you know, someone to be mad at. I guess that is part of that too. Well, and I've had people say, it's totally fine to be mad at God because God can take it. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is true. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, The next part would be the statement of trust, where we display our distress, but then we remember God's past faithfulness to us or his power or his wisdom. And I think um, this happens naturally, even when, you know, we keep talking, you know, because you and I share a lot of the same faith and this is coming from that perspective. But even when I work with people who don't necessarily have a faith, they still, after they share their pain, they still transition into a, but yet. Yes. But yet I have my family, but yet I have a roof over my head, but yet I have so much to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. And I think for those of us in our faith, we can still have the presentation of all of our pain and distress, but then recall God's goodness and faithfulness to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I that's what happens. So we have seen um, God act in a way. I will trust you because you have cared for me in the past, or you have been faithful. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, right now, um, a lot of people are having a lot of but yet during this COVID. Like we have these things that are going on but yet we have these things. They're doing their but yet. Yes. That trust, but yet I'm trusting because I have this or I have, yeah. And that's so important to have to be able to go on. I feel like any bereaved parent, whether they are of, have faith or they don't have faith, the reason you can go on is by still having the but yet. But yet yes, I have absolutely. this, uh, but yet yeah. I still have my husband or I still have mm-hmm. something else in my life. So it's very, very, very important. Mm-hmm. Well, and that leads us to the last part is that promise of hope. Um, 
you know, lamenting ends with that expression of hope. And despite our current position, you know, the words in scripture, even though, but yet those things, um, we anticipate that um, we may be able to praise him again in the future, even if we can't now. And one of the things that I've had people question is, um, or not question, how do I say this? I have watched people and certain people have a level of faith that I envy, that I pray that I will have, that when tough times happen, they praise him even during the tough times. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I fear that I'll be the person that will praise him after the tough times. <laughs> like right. After I see that I'm going to survive, then I'll give you the praise and the glory. But will I be someone who's going to praise you in the middle of it? That's hard. That's really hard. It is. It is. But I think that that filters back to the trust and, but the fact that I can cry out, I can um, have these feelings outside of myself and I can be angry and question, but still be girded in a level of trust and hope that we're not always going to be in this place. So I've already revealed that, you know, this um, difficulty with my child um, and what they're going through is I said to them, it won't always be this bad. This is a season. We all have seasons of stress and pain. So that feeling you're walking around with in your gut that says, you know, I'm fully aware that my life is awful right now, that mm-hmm. feeling or that pain, you're, you're not going to have that forever. And even bereaved people, but I don't tell bereaved, like this child was an experience of death loss. So I wouldn't, I can say that in this situation, but to a bereaved person, I never say like the first time I met you, Marcy, if I had said, um, well, don't worry about it. You're not, it's not going to always be this bad. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I, I can, I could work with you and help you because I knew that you could live days without that guttural pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's where the hope comes from. And you've already mentioned today about people who are going to help bereaved people or people who are listening to this as the helpers is you're the one that stands by them through all of the pain and the crying out, but you don't have to give them the answer. It's just being there knowing that these other things will come. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Knowing it, but not Mm -hmm. saying it out loud even just, I think knowing as the helper that things will get better and you will see glimpses of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think of my friend Michelle and I i don't know when it was. It was many, many months after Andy died and we did something together. And she said to me later it how nice it was because she saw just a glimpse of her friend of the person that I had been because Mm -hmm. I hadn't really been that person in a while and she missed me (laughs) and I missed me too. But for her to see just little, little glimpses of what I used to be and who I used to be, it just gave her such hope for the future herself and that I, I certainly will never be that person that I was before no. August 15th, 2018, I won't be that person again, but there will be more glimpses of that person uh, out right. there and it will be uh, more and more visible. And it is 
hopeful to for friends to be able to see that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And for you to hear that from your friend probably gave you a little um, encouragement to um, that you're healing yeah. and that you're getting better and you can have those things. It, it's funny because it, it was mixed for me, actually, because okay. in some ways to hear her say that I felt bad that she, that I had not been at all myself before that point right Mm -hmm. and that she's having to kind of stick through this friendship with a person who isn't really me so right a little bit of me at first felt like oh really have I been that bad has it been that awful and but then it did quickly go away when I saw her genuine smile behind it because she's been there you know like just sitting beside me I mean, I have many friends that have mm-hmm. been there sitting beside me, but to see her genuine happiness at seeing me a little bit better, um, mm-hmm. it changed it from feeling guilty about how bad I had been to being able to be just a little bit happy as to what I was able to, mm-hmm. uh, how the journey is going. Yeah. I love the phrase you just used just a little bit happy. And that's some of the things that when I talk to bereaved people is sometimes we have to just celebrate just a little bit happy. Like it's not going to be all the time, but just that little bit happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We talked last week on the show about how it is easier to show that happiness around other bereaved people. Because when you show it around just your general co-workers or friends they don't know that well, you show happiness, they might interpret it as, oh, good, she's better, finally, this is done. Yeah. You know, this Mm -hmm. grief journey is over and she's back. Um, But when you do that with other bereaved parents, they just take it as they're having a happy time. They're having fun right now. It's, it's, yeah. it's not a insight into my entire being. Right. And I think when we are happy in front of non-bereavers, there's this guilt or shame that I shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. that because I'm not giving a real portrayal of, of really where I'm at. It's, it's like a falsehood, but yet your bereaved friends know, like you just said, that it was just a moment and the next moment could be totally different. Right. I might start yeah. to cry in three minutes and that's fine too. Right. But you know, we haven't done a lot of what healing looks like and maybe we can talk about that sometimes, but healing does become where we do allow ourselves to have more than just a little bit of happy to have those times. And, um, you know, even for you or anyone, I mean, it's, um, you know, around Memorial Day and there we're coming into holidays or family vacations, that it is okay to go on a weekend or have a family trip and have a good time with your family. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're living somewhere where that's legal, right? (laughs) True, right now. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Um, I wondered if you'd be offended if I read um, a quick five verses out of a a book of Psalms. Oh no, sounds good. I think it, it really puts what we were talking about all together. This is Psalm 13. It's only five verses and I'm, it's um, two parts, almost um, like 
the book of Lamentations where there's just different parts of where we can petition and cry out and question and be angry, but then we come to that statement of trust. And rather than reading the whole book of Lamentations, Psalm 13 encapsulates it all. Sounds good. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer me, O Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes or will I sleep in death? Or I will sleep in death. Sorry, my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But yet I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation and I will sing to the Lord for he has been good to me. Oh, I love that. Yeah, the first four, how long have you turned your face? Is this going to be like this forever? And am, or will I sleep in death? Will I just be in this spot forever? And will my foes rejoice? Because look, she finally is going to be miserable forever. But yet I will trust in your unfailing love and my heart rejoices in my salvation. The but yet is so, so yeah. key. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I will sing to the Lord for he has been good to me. Um, I have been blessed with very wise um, parents who have led us in our, our faith. And my mom's 83 and she's caring for my dad. And they've been alone because they can't go out of their sure. house. And um, she's lonely. And so she was talking about when she wakes up during the night and can't sleep, how if she prays to God and requests things or starts thinking about maybe some things that people in our family are going through, then she gets more awake and she's <laughs> the purpose and her brain's going. So she said, what God revealed to her is sometimes we just have to sing to him and we just have to rejoice. So she's decided about three weeks ago to use her night sleep time when she wakes up, I mean, to sing and to praise rather than to request and question and wonder why she's not sleeping. And she falls right back to sleep. So she just sings to the Lord during the night. Oh, isn't that cool? That so I, cool. I, yeah. And I said, mom, that is so, she said, we're called to praise. We're called to sing. And so that's what I'm going to do. She walks um, at least two hymns around their apartment. And then she lays back down and keeps singing them until she falls off to sleep. Maybe I need to try that. I've not been sleeping well lately. <laughs> me either. That's why I was so thrilled to have her share that um, wisdom with me. But um, but yet I will rejoice. And um, but it doesn't. The the sorrow comes first. The, the sorrow question, comes first. That sort of thing. So um, I just wish for your listeners to feel permission to have that crying out in their petition and their posture of sorrow. Right. And I do feel like that's, that is what the podcast, the podcast is for that. The podcast is to let people talk about their grief and their stories. Mm -hmm. But the whole purpose of the podcast is the but yet. Yeah, exactly. Right? The goal of the podcast is to help people in their healing and to give hope again. 
So when mm-hmm. we got to that last part of the lament, the but yet, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm living. Yeah. And that's why I did the podcast. I do the podcast for the but yet. Not for living in the bad cry forever. Not for living mm-hmm. in that deep, deep sorrow forever. It's to help all of us get to our own but yet. That is so beautiful. Well, I hope that it will help people. And I think it, it, it has. has. I think it, it has. has. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you've already had so many guests share that as well, that this is the theme of it, that we share our common sorrow, but yet I'm here and I've survived. And, you know, these are the things I, you do that each episode. Mm-hmm. And even the people that are early, early on in their grief, mm-hmm. they don't come on unless they've experienced a little bit of the but yet, or they want the mm-hmm. but yet, right? Mm-hmm. If you are just in the depths with no hope at all. Yeah. Well, I would just encourage people to just wear their symbol, give themselves permission to be broken and hurt and um, have hope for the but yet. Yeah. Hope that that is to come. Yep. Thanks so much for talking. You're welcome. We'll be back again. I know we will. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. We are always looking for new show ideas. If you'd like to be a guest, know someone who'd be a great guest, or have a show idea, please email us at marcy at andysmom.com. Be sure to visit the webpage, andysmom.com, for more content, including Marcy's blog. There you can also sign up to receive updates via email. Together, let's work to inspire hope, one day at a time.